The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Join us as Pastor Randy Rehm shares truths from God's unchanging Word. We are still in John chapter 6. Trust me, this, this will be the last one in, in John 6. Okay, uh, We will be reading the, for today from verse 56 through to 71. We'll be concentrating on the last half of that. Um, but I want to make sure I get that in context. Okay, uh, that, That's so vital. So please turn to John chapter 6. Starting in verse 56. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as your fathers ate and died, for he who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, this is not the twelve, he addresses the twelve explicitly later. That's the general people that are following. When they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, he said to them, Does this cause you to stumble? What then, if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he came from? What he says, you think this is difficult to handle. If you could see that, you'd really struggle. Okay. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Let me say that again. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Now remember, these are called disciples he's talking to. He's calling them disciples, and he says some of them don't believe. For Jesus knew that from the beginning who they were and who would not believe and who it was that would betray him. This is not speaking of Judas. He, doesn't, he isn't addressing the twelve yet. Just to make sure, John clarifies this at the end of the chapter. And he was saying, For this reason, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. As a result of this... Many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus answered him, Did I myself not choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. You may be seated. 
I, I do find it intriguing that John specifically clarifies when Jesus is talking to and about the 12 disciples. If you don't get this, if you think those statements above are to the 12, or even earlier in the chapter, there's, it creates great confusion. So John clarifies when which disciples, when he's talking about the 12 disciples, which ones they are. Okay? This, this disciples general, who are they? they? They have seen Jesus do miracles. Now, John, the Gospel of John, Jesus' time in Galilee, he particularly focuses on some signs that Jesus did, but many other things have happened. Jesus has, has been in, in Galilee since the last time we saw him. By, the, by the, chapter 7, seven months has passed. Okay? And in here, you, you see the parables all taught. You see the woman with the issue of blood healed. You see there's a lame man healed. There's a whole bunch of other miracles that happen here that John's not writing down. These crowd, these people of the crowd that have been following him, well before they followed him across the Sea of Galilee, where he fed 5,000, there's been multiple miracles, multiple times of teaching, the walking on the water, the calming of the storm, several other things have taken. These people have seen these things and have began to follow him to the point where Jesus himself calls them disciples, students. That's what the word disciple means. Okay? They're interested in what he's been teaching, especially when he speaks in parables, so they can go home and think about it and try to interpret that. But in these last few days, time in Galilee, Jesus gets point blank. Okay? And we, we've talked about some of that in previous weeks. The parables, you notice in this, the only sort of parabolic thing that he says is, is about this idea of the bread. Okay, that comes down out of heaven, but that's really a metaphor, it's not a parable, uh, that he is this bread that's come down out of heaven, all right, and that you must eat his flesh and drink his blood. This is Jesus is trying to say, you've been following me, you've seen a lot of good stuff happening, you've been fed, but now you've got to accept this idea, I will die. Yeah, yeah, you follow me right now when you can see all these wonderful things. What will you do when you see me die? Can you embrace that? Can you still trust me when you see that? That's what he's saying. Then when we all know that eat his flesh, and we talked about this, about the word belief, come to, those who come to him, that phrase with eating fits with the whole chapter. It's a common use or often used in this passage. Yes, yes, I am the Messiah. Yes, I'm the Savior. I am the bread of life. But are you willing, what are you going to do when I die? Are you willing to partake of me in my death? This, they say, this is, this is, wait a minute. Okay, when you're talking about throwing seed on the soil and the parable of this and the parable of that. We can handle that, but wait a minute, this has gone a little deep. I mean, those parables, we, we can take whatever meaning we want out of those. Many people do, instead of the main point that Jesus is making. All right? This is a difficult statement. Okay? But they don't leave. I mean, you think about that. Jesus says, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. 
This, many people think the reason they, they say it's a difficult statement because they're, they're thinking of cannibalism. No, they're not. I hate to tell you, if a leader says you've got to eat their body, people leaving. They recognize Jesus is using this at least some kind of metaphor, even if they don't get it completely. And, and he says, he, he, in, Jesus in his conscience, that is, he knew what they were thinking, what the crowd was in their minds. And when, the, when it says the crowd says, it doesn't necessarily mean one person stepped up and says, I speak for the crowd. This is the overall attitude, mindset, what's going on in the consciousness of the crowd. Jesus knows that. Okay? Does this cause you to stumble? Well, wait a minute. What, what about this? What about if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he came from? Now, wait a minute. That's in the context of this whole death thing, the flesh, the blood thing. Now I'm really confused, because if you're dead, how is this happening? May, oh, I know, maybe he's thinking his spirit goes up, you know, like, like when just people die. Does this really what their idea of a Messiah doesn't include a dying one? Does this cause you to stumble because I don't fit your image, your idea, your preconceived ideas of what a Messiah, Savior, should look like? And he says to them, to the crowd, imagine here you are, church service. There are some of you here that don't believe and won't believe. That's what he says, goes on and actually tells them. There are some of you who do not believe. Then why am I here? Right? Why are they there if they don't believe? For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that would not believe and who would betray him. Again, realize he's not speaking of the 12 yet. He addresses them particular, and John particularly talks about Judas and that betrayal. That is, there are people here that are going to betray him, and he knew it. They were going to turn away from him. Well, why were these people following to begin with? Well, we have Jesus' own words in verse 26, because I fed you, because I took care of your physical need. But more than that, they've seen amazing things. You can always draw a crowd. That, that's what all those magic shows in Vegas are about. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people come throughout here. Watch a guy do a magic show. Somebody else put on a concert. Somebody else do stand-up comedy. Whatever else they do in those shows. I've never been to a Vegas show. I'm not saying it's bad. I've just never been to one. You can always draw a crowd. The newest movie out, the Tom Cruise movie out, that, that's drawing big numbers. That's drawing a crowd. Okay? So he's drawing a crowd, but crowd doesn't make you a believer. There are many churches out there think when you draw a crowd, you, you, you've accomplished the task. Well, I suggest only so if you preach the gospel while well, they're there, because then God will take care of that. As he was saying this, he said, for this reason, for what's reason? Because there are some of you that are disciples who don't believe, who will betray. For this reason, I said to you, that no one can come to me unless it's granted by the Father. There are some of you here that won't believe. Why? Because God hadn't granted that to you. That's the reason you don't believe. In particular, 
in the verses right before he says that in 65, 63 and 64 says this, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken are spirit and life. Not the miracles I've done are spirit and life. The words I have done are spirit and life. Remember, they're struggling with what he said. This is a difficult statement. It wasn't difficult for me to believe he walked on water. That wasn't too bad. That he raised the dead and, and healed the blind and all those other things they have seen along the way. Okay, I don't think Lazarus has been raised yet. All right, but all those things. That, that even though reason, your natural thing says, you know, people don't walk on water. Your, your natural reason goes, you know, fish don't appear anywhere and overflow two boats. And they sure doesn't multiply as you hand it out. They had no problem with it, but his statement they had a hard time with. It's his words that are life. But there are some here who do not believe. Okay? For this reason I say to you. Verse 67 through 69. And Jesus said, now says to the twelve. He turns now to the twelve. Hey guys, uh, do you want to leave too? I mean, there's people who walked away. We're not sure where he addresses the crowd and when he gets the 12 and talks to them. If there's, they all walk away then or there's a period of time it happens in there and, and then they figure out these people are leaving. Do you want to leave too? And Simon answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Let, let me put it another way. You're the only way. Not a very inclusive statement, is it? Your, you, have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And then 70 and 71 where it talks about Judas' betrayal. Even among you 12, one of you is fake. And what kills me is when he does this at the Last Supper, one of you will betray me. They all look at him, is it me? Is it me? Okay, uh, except for Judas. He looks at him and says, go do what you have to do. Okay, imagine at this time, though, bet you Judas doesn't even know it's him. There's no sign from Scripture that he knows that yet. Okay, he still has to go after these seven months in Galilee. He goes to Jerusalem Okay, and we'll talk about that in chapter 7. Those are all those things that push towards that last part of Christ's ministry in life. Okay? Many people today accept that Jesus did good, did good things, good and wonderful things. They don't argue that. They like the fact that he healed people, delivered people from demons, fed the poor, cares about the poor and the needy, things like that. Oh, blessed little children. What a wonderful guy. He was a wonderful prophet, a, prophet, a good teacher. Okay? They, they really don't have a problem. Most people don't. If you, if you come on, I'm trying to think the name of it. Todd Friel does it. I don't know if you guys know who Todd Friel, Wretched TV, Wretched Radio. And there's, there's a young fellow that goes out and interviews uh, young adults and college students related to questions about 
it really turns into evangelism and apologetics. And then he turns to um, theologians and gets answers to that. But what's interesting is uh, many people, many of the, the young adults interviewed have no problem saying Jesus was a good guy who taught love and kindness and all this kind of stuff. Well, Jesus said, well, that's if you believe the Bible. Well, you know, it's how you interpret it. Wait a minute. Isn't he did good things a matter of how you interpret it? You, you believe he did wonderful, kind things and wanted to bring peace and love and, and help the poor and social justice? Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. But now all of a sudden you call him the question, what is it? It's his words you have a problem with. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, wait a minute. No, I, I believe that Christianity is way, one of many ways to God. Well, you, you had no problem with what Jesus did. You just had a problem with his words. That's why Jesus says, my words have life. Peter says, it's your words that have eternal life. It's what Jesus says, not about miracles. Many people are offended by what Jesus says. Okay? These people were offended. In particular, as a result, many withdrew with his statement, you don't believe because the Father didn't grant it to you. Well, you mean it's not up to me? I mean, I'm not in charge of my eternal destiny? Then I'm out of here, you crazy man. Okay? But they're offended by his words. Here, let me give you a couple examples that I just went online and looked at the critics. Some of the things they have a problem with is when Jesus says, the poor you'll always have with you, but I'm only going to be around a while. What an egotistical, really, I mean, you need to read it. No, you don't. Okay, and then that, that's from John 12 and Matthew 26 and Mark 14. What Jesus is not saying, ignore the poor. What he's trying to say, uh, let me put it this way, it's all about me. Now, see, if you and I say that, we got a problem. But when Jesus says, no man comes to the Father but through me, that's not a problem because it's truth. When you say it's all about you, that's not true. You can't love God and money. A lot of people have a problem with that. The one that really gets a lot of people. Some guys come to Jesus and he gives a parable. That this guy's to follow him, and the guy's father dies, and he says, let, let me go bury my father. And Jesus goes, let the dead bury the dead. Follow me. Now, if you say that, I might have the right to be offended. When Jesus says no, why? Because he's in charge of all who's living and dead anyway. He's going to resurrect them all into judgment or eternal life. What's the problem? You can have, be with the one who's going to resurrect that father to one of those two choices, or you can go bury him. Okay, that there's also that one where they were talking about Pilate had killed a bunch of people in the temple when they were offering sacrifices, and Jesus was confronted about about well, they were trying to see get them all stirred up against Pilate. You know, what do you got to say about this? And Jesus says, Hey, you know those 18 guys who was over here, and and this wall just accidentally fell down on them, killed 18 guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys get judgment like that if you don't repent. Where's his compassion? Either for the people who were killed by Pilate or those poor family members who had to bury dad whose walls fell over on these men. 
Okay? People have a hard time with that because it hasn't been granted them by the Father. But we'll keep moving. Okay? People really have a hard time with Jesus telling us we're not good people. Well, we're basically good. You know, we're basically good people. Really, again, we've read this before, but I'll read it to you again as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, 20 and 23. And he was saying, That which comes out of a person, that is what defiles a person. For from within, out of the heart of people, that's the inner nature, come evil thoughts, acts of sexual immorality, thefts, murders, acts of adultery, deeds of greed, wickedness, deceit, indecent behavior, evil, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. So much for I'm basically a good person. Go and stand on the, on the street corner and, and, and say that. Skip that. Just today, Father's Day, if you have family around or you go to family and there are no believers, there aren't, or there's people there that aren't believers. And it says, you know what Jesus said about us? including you and me, we're, all this bad list, it comes from us. Honey, I think it's time to leave. In fact, Jesus said, not only does it come from within us, we love it. John 3, we did this when we were in John 3. Okay, the whole content. Remember, John 3 is where what famous verse is found? 3.16, for God so loved, right, okay? In John 3, 19 through 21, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but men loved, that word is agape, loved the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds are evil. We already found out where their deeds come from. Where that evil comes from. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices truth comes to the light so that it, his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. In other words, when he does the good deeds, what's proved is, is God's the one who did them in them. But the point is, not only does the wickedness come from inside us, we love it. We prefer it over the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Over the light of His words. They don't like the fact that Jesus had no tolerance for sin. No tolerance for sin. Matthew 18, 8 through 9. Now listen to how harsh Jesus says this. It's harsh. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Now we'd understand he's using some hyperbole here. But he's getting point across how bad sin is. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands and two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. 
It is better to enter life with one eye than with two eyes be thrown into hell, the fire of hell. He's getting across how, how extreme God feels and he feels about sin. Okay? To answer that, that is the wickedness inside, that we love this and sin is that serious, Jesus preached repentance from sin. Matter of fact, if you just, when first Jesus first starts preaching, it says, repent for the kingdom of God. Repent. It's everywhere. Okay, too many scriptures to list here. But listen to this in Matthew 11 and 20. He began to, Jesus, began to denounce cities, the cities in which most of his miracles were done. They saw the miracles. He's denouncing these cities where most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. Wow, whole cities. That's just not fair. Okay, that's exactly what Jesus said when he talked about this wall falling over on these guys. That's in Luke 13. He ends it this way. Unless you repent, you will likewise perish. He takes this event, an actual event, where Pilate had people, and he turns that to something to call upon the people to repent from their sin. They're looking for some political answer. Maybe they're looking for a little bit of compassion. I'm not sure. But Jesus says, this is the key. Repent, or you face the same thing. He preached repentance of sin, and he preached he is the only answer, or there is only one answer to sin. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto me or unto the Father but through me. That's exclusive. That's not inclusive. That's not, well, you know what? There's many ways. No, he said, now look, at Jesus could be a liar and a con man. If you say, though, he's of God and he speaks truth, you've got to deal with that. Either he's telling the truth or he's not. And if he's not, don't believe any of his words. That's just the issue. You can believe he did a lot of good things, but can you believe his word? And his word says, I'm the only way. He told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, unless one is born again, they cannot even see, I added the word even, see the kingdom of God. No other option, there's only one way. Being born again. That is this, repentance, change that comes from being made a new creature by the Spirit. In the Spirit, my word is life, and it comes by the Spirit, okay? Jesus loved people enough to tell them the truth. I'm, I'm going to say that one so you can tweet it. Jesus loved people enough to tell them the truth of their sin and the answer to it and turning to Him in repentance. See, the truth of the gospel will always offend some. This is Stephen Wilson, and we want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope you were blessed by today's message. Truths from God's Unchanging Word is an outreach ministry of Kindred Bible Church in Caldwell, Idaho. If you would like to listen to other messages by Pastor Randy or learn more about Kindred Bible Church, visit kindredbible.org. 
Our prayer for you is that you grow closer to Christ as we study the truths from God's unchanging word.